Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson. Today, my returning guest is Ben Cohen. He is the editor of the Banter Newsletter, and he was kind enough to join me for an awesome conversation. I always try to keep these intros short. I do have a tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro, so stay tuned for that. But the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep this show going, and thank you to everyone who supports the show. I'm so grateful. And if you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see that most of the time I have conversations about politics, although occasionally I do interview actors about their craft because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. I do two free shows a week, every Monday and Wednesday, and then they are followed by patrons-only shows called What's Up with me, Kimberly Johnson. Talk about different things. Some I call it my online diary. I just talk about whatever's on my mind that day. And then once a month, at least I do a patrons-only show with a guest. Now, if you sign up for the everything tier, you get everything I just mentioned Plus, you get the ad-free and much shorter intro show. Again, that's at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email, and you can use that with PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, the Apple Podcast Store, and become a subscriber because it's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, please leave a rating and a good review. I would really appreciate it, and thank you to everybody who has. And now please enjoy my conversation with Ben Cohen. Welcome back to the show, Ben. Thank you very much, Kimberly. Good to be here. How, how's it been going with you? I know you've got a, a little boy at home, and you've been dealing with, you know, the whole quarantine COVID thing with a with a little boy. How's that been going? <laughs> uh, let's say it's been it's been a challenge. It's been <laughs> a mixture of being yeah. amazing and absolutely horrific yeah. at the same time, <laughs> like in, in in equal measures. And uh, we we have a new we have a new one on the way. As well. Really. So, um, yeah. Oh my god. So, uh, congratulations. We, we enjoyed it so much. Thank you very We enjoyed it so much. We decided to have another one. Wow. I mean, I remember you and Bob and me and Justin all went to lunch in December of 2019. And I remember you saying that you wanted to have another kid. So, that's funny. Now you're going to have another kid. Woohoo. And hopefully, yeah, we won't have another we- pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. Let's hope for no more no pandemic and child raising. I've got to say, like raising having a three year old or just any any child. I'm sure. Yeah. It has been really 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 tough. What um, what have so been it's nice to be out of the you know out of the woods so to speak. Yeah. What what has been would you say with a three year old? I mean, he was like two during this time, correct? Or how old was he when when mm. you started staying home? Was he two? So yeah, he was two, and we were just about to put him in this kind of um, in this nursery, um, and then we obviously we couldn't do that because um, we felt he needed it for his development, and then like that wasn't happening. So mm-hmm. then we was like, okay, we're going to stay home for a, for a year uh, <laughs> yeah. with, with the three year old. So yeah, it's you know we did our best. We did we've done our absolute best to keep him occupied to yeah. try and like go outside and play with other kids outside. But I, you know, I think like everyone, we, we we've suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very tough, um, yeah. and uh, you know it, it's you know a three-year-old. It's I think there's always pros and cons, right? You know, the older kids need more; they definitely need more social interaction than yeah. than two two-year-olds. I think so. I thought my heart goes out to parents of kids who are older. I think mm-hmm. that's been particularly brutal. Yeah, um, but you know, everyone suffered. You know, adults like we, we're social creatures, right? We we need interaction with with other people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been really weird. And I keep hearing everybody saying, you know, it's going to be weird to get back into life and I don't know how to act. And I think it'll just be, you know, riding the bike situation. We'll get used to it. But initially, it's just kind of freaky because yesterday I went out to the grocery store and I've had one vaccine. It was two weeks ago yesterday that I got my first dose. And so I read that... You know, I got Moderna and I read both Pfizer and Moderna after two weeks, you're about 85% protected. And so I went out my front door with my mask on and I was thinking, wow, I'm almost fully protected at this point. And, you know, I mean, I'm obviously I'm still going to wear a mask and be safe and everything. But it was it was interesting to have that feeling to be like. It, it would feel weird to me to be walking around. I mean, I could walk outside to my car or on a walk without a mask and feel normal. But, I mean, walking in 
to a grocery store, when they tell us, all right, you can take your masks off now and you don't have to wear them in public places, it, that's going to feel, it's like you're walking in naked. It's going to feel really weird. And I hate fucking wearing it. You know, I mean, I, it, especially, you know, during the summer months when it's so warm and you've got a mask on and your breath is like making your face warm and it's, it's so not fun. But what I wanted to ask you, though, was there anything specifically challenging with a three with a two, three year old during this time? Like wh- what was the most challenging thing about having a child at that age through this pandemic? So I think the most challenging thing about having such a young child is that um, we, we, we didn't get we had no breaks whatsoever, yeah. not a single day off. Um, at one point, we called my wife's sister to take him out for the afternoon. But we were just, you know, that, that we, we didn't have, we do have family, but we just, there were so many elderly people yeah. living with my wife's parents. We had like a 96-year-old and a 90-year-old. And it's like, you know what, we cannot risk anything. So we just yeah. didn't risk anything. So we just, it was day in, day out with a two-year-old. And... <clears throat> obviously, no matter how much you love your child, mm-hmm. a two-year-old doesn't, you know, there's not exactly a huge amount um, of <laughs> things in common you have with a two-year-old, <laughs> right? You've got, to, you've, got, you've got to play cars. Like, I played cars, you know, like, like you know, threw cars around the room and for days on end, just mind-numbing kind of, like, <laughs> yeah, right. y- 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 activities that, that have no stimulation for either of us whatsoever. Yeah. And it just went on and on and on and on and on. And it just wouldn't stop. We we actually broke at one point yeah. and we, um, uh, before Christmas. And um, we went to the UK. We, we went to the UK hmm. uh, because we just, we couldn't take it anymore. Um, yeah. We thought, like, either we're going to have, like, a mental breakdown yeah. or we get on a flight and go to the UK where, where my parents are mm-hmm. um, and get and get some help. So that's what yeah. we did. It was very – it was actually pretty scary. Like, you know, we I, yeah. I don't agree with traveling um, during – I really thought traveling during a pandemic was not the right thing to do. But we, we basically had, you know – I, you know, did the research. It, it, it shows that, that I think the fl- it's quite fairly low risk on the flight. We got, you know, we were very safe. Um, we, but we got it has a terrible flight with lots of turbulence, and someone had a psychotic episode on the flight. Wow. Oh uh, so it was it was incredibly scary. Like it was one of the worst flights I've ever been on. Probably what, the worst flight I've ever been on. What What did they do? What What was their reaction? Um, so someone was having a psychotic episode before it was before the flight took off, mm-hmm. and they were they were screaming, they were screaming and shouting and ripping their mask off. Wow. Um, so we, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic; it's getting yeah. worse. We're on a flight, and and uh, there was you know, it was very scary. Like we almost left, we almost walked off the flight. Mm-hmm. Um, then we decided to stay on. We we stayed on the flight. There was uh, shoot, there was three or four hours of very bad turbulence as well. Oh my god. Um, I felt like we were being punished for like for, for doing it. But we, <laughs> no. we were we were just so we were so tired yeah. that, that we just we thought okay we don't have any options here we need to go back and we spent two and a half months in the UK um, with my parents and that eased the burden massively. You know, yeah. my parents were obviously thrilled to see their grandson and, and uh, take him out and play with him and um, so that was that was great. I don't think we would have survived had it had it not been for that. Wow, that's that'd be hardcore. I mean, you know, as you know, Bob and I, you know, we live alone and it's mm. it hasn't been that difficult because our daily lives haven't changed. What was difficult was the fact that um every day was kind of the same. And I mean, you know, I mean the work day, which is fine. I'm fine with the same routine work day, but then the weekend would come and it would, I don't know, I kind of felt boxed in because I'm one of those people who was washing my groceries. I'm, I'm going to be washing my groceries until I'm fully vaccinated. And I know not everyone does that, but I don't care. I did it. It made me feel safe. So um, I'm so tired of doing that. I'm just like so freaking tired. And I'm very, very, very uh, like sp- careful I uh, to the point of and I know that I'm probably taking it too far but if I touch something I want to make sure like if I touch something that was just open in the grocery store 
I spray my hands with alcohol before I touch anything else. And it's like, I'm so completely trying to, I don't know what the word is, cautious, I guess. I'm like overly cautious because I just feel like I do not want to fucking get this. I don't want to have to deal with getting it. So it's, it's something that, you know, when you're just day in and day out and day in for more than a year, it's getting to me. You know, I'm at the point now where I will be going, staying with my mom and there'll be a change of scenery. It will be somewhat stressful because I'll be taking care of her after surgery. But once we get through the first couple of days, uh, I remember the last time this happened, she had surgery on, I think it was Friday. And then the following Friday, they always tell you to watch out for like swollen whatever and in this case she's having hip hip surgery so it's like swollen legs because of a blood clot so on friday she had a swollen leg and she was kind of worried and we had to take her to the hospital and everything was fine but you know once you get past like either five six days i think you're i'll be feeling a little bit more calm you know what i mean but it's like and then i know that i come home and then by the time i come home i'm almost it's almost done and then we'll both you know bob got vaccinated last thursday and I think, and I don't know what his appointment is, but I'm assuming his is the day after my second dose. So I'm May 12th is my second dose. I think May 13th will be his. So we'll pretty much, because he got Pfizer, I think we'll pretty much be, you know, both fully vaccinated at the same time. But yeah, it was like, it's been, it's, it's been tough, even though it's something that we're generally comfortable with, you know, it's just, it, I don't know. This has all been such a fucking nightmare. I swear to God. Yeah. It really has been. And I think that the psychological toll of this has yeah. been like pretty bad, you know, I mean, it, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting when we, when we went to the UK, so nobody wore a mask outside, really? literally nobody wow. wore a mask outside anywhere in, in, in London. So, you know, I've got to confess it was very weird for the first, like, 10 days, we would just go outside wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after about 10 days, we just, it's, it, it's very strange how your environment has this like, has a psychological effect on you, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that we were like, okay, well, no one's wearing a mask outside. They don't seem to, the, the medical advice in the UK wasn't to wear a mask outside. Mm-hmm. They weren't recommending that people did. Um, so we, uh, we stopped. Yeah. After a while, and we were both talking about it. We we're like, "This is really why are we doing this? Surely, should we be wearing a mask outside?" Yeah, you know. And then we we just followed what the medical advice was in the country at right. the time. And then right. we came back. We came back to, to DC, and then we just like wore a mask again, and yeah. that was fine. It was just it was. Um, but look, our comfort level with not wearing a mask outside went down dramatically when we were in the UK. Yeah. And it was just a strange psychological, mm-hmm. looking back on it, it's like, okay, I don't <laughs> know how risky, because, you know, I don't know, you know, there's lots of conflicting reports about when you need a mask, where you need a mask, what, you know, is flying safe, is flying not safe. And generally speaking, I think, you know, if you're worried, if you're really worried about getting it, um, uh, you know, definitely wear a mask outside. Yeah. Um, and 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 um, you know, it, it will pr- probably be. I think everyone's got. To, you just got to manage your own comfort level with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. we, you know, we felt better about about it because we were not mixing with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we were very limited at who we were interacting with. So we, right. we, you know, when we were outside, we didn't interact with many people at all. So we were okay with managing the risk, but. You know, and we stopped washing our hands. We stopped doing washing the groceries a few months in as well, yeah. um, just because you know that was our level of comfort. Right. Um, but it, you know, here's the thing. You know, I just think you can't judge. Uh, I do judge people who are anti-mask and who, right. who, who are are, um, you know, basically uh, saying that it's COVID is nothing to worry about. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? I have my my uncle nearly died from COVID. Yeah. He was hospitalized twice. My brother had it. He's still got symptoms from long COVID. Yeah. Uh, my best friend has got long long COVID. It's messed him up. Um, you know, someone in our neighborhood died. I know someone, the guy down the road died from it. Wow. Uh, our neighbor across the road lost three co-workers from COVID, you know, like yeah. lost their boss. It's like, you know what? you know, don't judge anybody. Right, right. Everybody's got their own cover. I mean, I, you know, I've maintained the whole time that I feel like I don't want to get sick and die just so that I 
that my mother doesn't lose me. And I know, you know, I mean, that's, I don't want to get sick and die for a lot of reasons, but that's like the most important one. And I'm her only daughter. And I just feel like, all right, I I could get COVID and be fine. But we don't know because I had a cousin who died from it. And, you know, I mean, Bob's brother got it. And then my brother, uh, and then, you know, some people in my family got it, but that was, they all got it to the point where it wasn't, life-threatening nobody was on a ventilator with the exception of my it was my dad's cousin who got it and she had a it was terrible and it just ravaged her lungs and she died although she got and this is the saddest story because she had hip surgery and it was right Mm. as covid hit and so she went into a nursing home so that she could heal she didn't have you know Mm. she didn't live in a nursing home but she went in there just for the time for her to heal for the rehab part and she got it from that nursing home. So she had gone through hip surgery and then she was recuperating and caught COVID and died. And it was just so freaking sad. And it was right. It was like this time last year, early on. So it was, you know, my, my freak out was like, Oh my God. And you know, I, I always followed it and I understood what the risks were at any given time, but I always maintained that for me. And, and I, and I know that it's like I said, I'm more cautious than most people, but at the end, when I come through this on the other side, and if I can look back and say, okay, I didn't get it, I'll never regret all those fucking hours at the sink washing my groceries. I'm so glad to never do that yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, but, of course. You know, it, you know. look, I think it's right. You know, you, 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 it's a, the thing about a pandemic is that you're responsible for other people as mm-hmm. well. You don't want to get other people sick. You don't want to, yeah. like, if I go down... You know, if I go down and I it gets really bad for me, who looks after my family? Yes, you know? like, exactly. Who looks after yeah. my my kid. I, you know, not, so it's, you've got to be selfish and you've got to be selfless at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's a mixture of just being responsible with like, you know, like most emotionally yeah. mature people just took it seriously, you know, and mm-hmm. and didn't take a dumb. I mean, people, everyone takes risks, right? Everyone has their own kind of risk right. risk profile, right? But like, you know, just being a decent person i think me meant taking it seriously yeah and i think you did that you've done the right thing well you know you mentioned um that you don't respect people who are anti-mask and it's like there god there's this guy that i know i mean i i don't know him very well but i used to know him and he's a friend of a friend and every once in a while he's he's a what I like to call the progressive where he's so, um, so far left that he's almost right. And it's that, it's that horseshoe theory. And the funny thing was, is I had, I mean, to, to call it a crush is not really, it wasn't really a crush. It's just that before I met him, long story short, uh, I was living in Santa Rosa and I had moved there from Los Angeles and found out this friend of mine had moved there too, who a childhood friend, which was like, oh my God, you know, here she, she is and we're within driving distance. And so before I actually went to go see her for the first time since I was 15, I noticed, I looked at all her pictures on Facebook and everything and I noticed this particular guy and I'm tall, he was tall and I thought, oh, maybe, maybe you know, he's kind of cute. Maybe he can be someone I could date. And so mm. when I actually met him, he was with someone. And uh, so... To to say I had a crush, it wasn't a crush, but I mean, you know, just to say it fast, I had a crush. Anyway, so I, you know, there were things about him. He was kind of a dick to me. I, you know, he was into Mm. open relationships. And I think, interestingly, though, he was into open relationships when he was going out with other women, but he wasn't interested so much when his girlfriend would go out with other men. He didn't like that. He only liked when he went out with other women. But anyway, so. He, you know, he was talking uh, about it, and I said something. volumes. Yes, <laughs> and I said something like, um, "I just could never do that," and I wasn't judging him because I feel like, "Fuck it, whatever you want to do, do it." As long as you're not hurting people and you're consensual mm. and all that stuff. So he, the way he replied to me, it was so he was filled with animosity, and he was like, "Well, you just have a small, limited brain," and it's like. No, that's not it. I just know myself <laughs> and I, I know that I wouldn't be able to deal with it. And a lot of people wouldn't even clearly he couldn't. But anyway, so occasionally I go to his Facebook page because he makes me so angry and I want to like I hate read his posts and um, <laughs> and I know that he's anti-vaccine. So I hadn't seen his page for a while. Oh, my God. I went over there the other day and he was going on and on and on about you know the vaccine and he was so pissed off about the cdc guidelines that say that we can now gather together in small groups without a mask 
and no social distancing as long as we've all been vaccinated. And he, he treated that as if it was some kind of mandate. Clearly, he has a choice to do whatever the fuck he wants. And he, you know, he, he does not want to be responsible. And he also has a newborn. But he said, Fauci is the enemy of the country. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, this guy was a Bernie Sanders supporter. And, yeah, you know, you so go. it's like, OK, uh, there you go. Yeah. He thinks he's so liberal. He thinks he's so progressive. Yet he's basically echoing the sentiments of of either Jimmy, well, Jimmy Dore. But then I, is it Tucker? Is it Tucker or Hannity? I don't know. One of them is screaming not to wear masks anymore. I think it was Tucker. Tucker Carlson. Yeah. 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 He said to call the police on people wearing on <laughs> exactly, yeah. kids wearing masks because it's child abuse. Yeah. You know, it's just it's such juvenile, like narcissistic behavior. Yeah. And, and it comes from the sort of bro, it's like the bro left and the bro right. Right. Or just the right in general and then the bro left. Yeah. <laughs> which happens to unfortunately be most of Bernie, a lot of most, Bernie Sanders male supporters are, Especially I would say a very, very large percentage of them are, are, the, are the bro left. Yeah, they're like um, like the Gen X, usually they're like the Gen, I mean some could be older, some could be younger, but I think my generation of Bernie supporters, um, they, they are bros and they're fucking annoying and they say shit like that. And it's like, how can, I mean, Bernie is pro science. He's wearing his oh, mask all the time. Yeah, of course. Of but course. they don't care it's about crazy. that. <laughs> it's it's, it's so, crazy. But it's, it's, the, it's the arrogance, right? It's yeah. like, are you a scientist? Are you an epidemiologist? Are you a Do you know, have you studied biology? Like, if, yeah. if you haven't, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. It just was, I got so angry. I was tweeting about it and I was like, having a fucking fit and all and, and this same guy oh my god he okay so he's married now but before he was married he was dating this girl and he told her that it, he, if she went to see wonder woman that their relationship would be over because he disagreed with gal gadot's um view on palestine or something and she fucking married him Oh my God! I mean, oh, she wanted God. to go see Wonder. I mean, can you imagine telling somebody that you love, or you're supposed to love, that if they see a movie, their relationship is over? I mean, I, 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 that guy. I look back on my naivete. I didn't know him. I didn't know anything, and I was like, oh, you know, handsome guy in a new town. Maybe I'll have a date. And it's like, thank God he had a girlfriend because I was, ugh. No fucking way. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's, that's, oh, that's absolutely that's terrible. It terrible, is, terrible, it terrible, terrible. It is so terrible. But okay, I got I to gotta switch subjects here. But first, a word from our sponsor. OMG, I am using a new skincare system that I absolutely love. People say puffiness and bags under the eyes are the hardest things to get rid of. Until now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Due to new technology, Genucel is an incredibly powerful natural serum and with its instant effects it's guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or your money back that's right users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic improvement in two weeks a true chamonix classic genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness plus genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity and brilliant long-term results you can try genucel right now absolutely risk-free go to lovegenucel.com stephanie enter that special promo code stephanie for an extra 10 percent off order now get the legendary Genucel XV face cream absolutely free just for trying Genucel today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results, or your money back. That's lovegenucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. I had pre-recorded a show, uh, la mm. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago with this man named Rob Anderson. Now, he was a candidate for Louisiana. I think he ran twice. He was, I, he, he didn't, he was running against Clay Higgins and I think Clay Higgins, I mean, he just got the majority of the vote. There was another Democrat that I think got 14 percent. And then um, and then there was Rob. And I think that he got 12. So Rob had been on my podcast a couple of times. And I talked about this uh, on a patrons only show. Um, but I'm just going to get into it with you because I want to talk on a different angle about it. But the long story short is, you know, I had this pre-recorded show. And I was going to air it, you know, while I was taking care of my mother. And I'm on Twitter the other night, and I see that he's been accused of basically sexually harassing women on, on Twitter and sending this. So the story is there are all these women that worked for him, and they were claiming 
that they were being sent dick pics and stuff like that. And they found this one girl, Rancid Ginger. She's on Twitter. I don't know why they chose her, but they said, hey, this guy's harassing me. And here are the pictures and here's the evidence and all this stuff. So this Rancid Ginger person, whose name is Jessica, I guess was friends with Rob and or, you know, they were following each other. So she decided she was going to start talking to him via DM just to see what he would do. Is he going to send me a dick pic? Mm. And, you know, she wasn't sending him like, oh, can I see a picture of your dick? Or, you know, here's here's my boobs. Let's exchange. Nothing like that. It was just like, let's see what he does. And, you know, I, I just want to say that there was a guy I've talked about him on the show, too. And I'm not going to say who he is because he's a big, huge, recognizable guy that everybody loves. But he started messaging me. He didn't send me dick pics, but he wanted to go out with me. And he's married. And he's huge. And everyone knows him. You know him. Everyone knows him. And he uh, he was being careful in the way that he worded things. But I could say that if I were to show his wife, his wife would not like it. She would be pissed. And she would immediately know that he was trying to hook up with me. And, and then... Um, I eventually said that I was engaged and the way he responded was good luck with that. And I never heard from him again. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I mean, he's a big fucking deal. He's a big fucking deal. And everybody knows who this guy is. He's a political guy and, and everyone loves him. I loved him. So anyway, co- going back to this guy, uh, Rob, tense, yeah. yeah, going back to Rob, um, what he was from what I understand, from all these other people um, who were talking to this Jessica person that, you know, they wanted jobs, they wanted to work. And in order, you know, it was like in exchange for work, in exchange for favors, all that stuff. Uh, I think one girl said, oh, you know, is there anything I can do? And he, he replied with, you know, well, you could send a picture of your boobs. I particularly like nipples. And he's going on about this European muse that it was so fucking gross. And there's a picture of him. So anyway, oh, let me go back. Jessica took... Oh, when he did when he didn't send her pictures of himself because he kind of said something to her like like I know you would out men or I don't know. He said something to her that made her believe that he would never send anything to her. And I don't know what the exchange was before that. I don't know what she was saying to him if she was saying anything about pictures, but long story short, he just pretty much knew not to send them to her and made it evident to her. So she's like, "So I dropped I dropped the whole thing." of seeing if he would send me a dick pic. So she had the other pictures of him, and it was with his face. So it was pictures of him um, from other people, and she made a collage out of it to say, you know, this like, one person got this picture, one person got that picture. And one of those pictures, he was standing totally naked in the bathroom, and you can see his face. And, I mean, his penis was there. There was another photo where he was by the computer, and his dick was out. And they covered up his dick, thankfully. And, you know, there was some text that was shown. Now, since that came, okay, so that was on the night before last, uh, which was Tuesday night. And so Wednesday, I was like, you know, what am I going to fucking do? And I just waited to see what his response was because he was obviously made aware of this. It, eventually, there was an article written about him, and there are people who are talking to the journalist who wrote this article. And then not only that, his partner um, on Facebook, Facebook, who runs his Facebook page, said to people who were like, are you sending naked pictures to women on Twitter? And that he was sending them on Twitter. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about in a minute. But um, oh <laughs> I know. He, this guy's like, look, this is Dave. This is not Rob. I've been running his Facebook page. Uh, I just want to say that the allegations are legit. I just found this out. I can't believe it. I'm disgusted. And our partnership is dissolving. So Rob had started, like he was gaining popularity on Twitter. He had 140,000 followers. He had a blue check. I even Kristen Johnston, the actress, did fundraising for him. There were, and there were all these people in groups with him, you know, these groups on Twitter where it's like, hey, please share my work. And evidently he had been real pushy about everybody sharing his his podcast. And I've talked to some of these people. These are like legitimate people. They are verified. And they were like, yes, I was in the group with him. And yes, I heard these women talking about it and they were sending pictures. So this is something that people were talking about, I think, starting on Monday. So not only was he sending dick pics, he was basically, you know, People are calling him a grifter because he wants money. You know, he's he's started a podcast and he's he's got he, he has this book that he wrote and he's pushing that. And he called people uh, he called his followers the Rob mob. 
And somebody kind of thought, you know what? I thought he, he, she, they said there's no way to prove this, but they think that Rob saw Yang Gang went for, for Andrew Yang stands and thought, oh, I need a catchy phrase like that. And I noticed, you know, I noticed because I was friendly with him and I was, he was on my show two times. And, and there was something about him that I really didn't like, but I also just kind of ignored it because he never flirted with me or anything like that. He never did anything inappropriate. It was just something about him. I liked him enough, but there was one thing that I couldn't put my finger on, and now I think I understand what it is. But, uh, and other people were saying the same thing. And so, you know, long story short, I've got this, or not even so short, but I have this show. I'm like, I can't fucking air that. I'm not airing that. And so I wound up blocking him, and it's all over. But I just want to say that men, especially men, who are running, I mean, I guess you could say women too, but I'm just going to go with men because they seem to do it more, who are running for office, don't send your dick pictures on Twitter or anywhere because even if you're claiming that it's consensual, which of course he was doing, and he only said he sent a shirtless pic because there was one picture of him where he was just shirtless. He was standing in his bathroom next to a toilet and he photographed himself and you could see his face. And then there was another one in his bathroom where he was completely naked and you could see his face. And so, um, I mean, that is so dumb. That is so dumb to send your naked picture. What is it? <laughs> what is it? That's why I don't understand. Like, what, like these people you haven't, you know, a lot of the time where you see this happening is, you know, it's people you don't actually know, not yeah. in physical reality a lot, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what I'm always interested in is like, what, who taught these <laughs> men that it's okay to do that? Like, where yeah. did they... Where did they think that this was all right? You know, does it come from their parents? Like, does it come from school? Does it come from, like, what the fuck is going on with these guys that think that, that this is okay behavior? You know, yeah. you know, if you're on Instagram um, or just on any social media thing, right? The amount of abuse and crazy things that people say mm -hmm. to people they have not, they've never met, never ever met, but like, and it's almost always directed at women. Yeah. Um, like I know there was one um, girl I knew who I went to college with, and she's a she was a model, famous model for a long time, and I follow her on Instagram because like, obviously I knew her. Uh, and it's just you. Sometimes you see through her comments on Instagram, and it's like the most disgusting. Yeah. You know the most disgusting comments, like you know, send me a private photo, DM me. It's like, bro, do you like? Do you, were you never taught how to behave? Yeah. If, to, to, to women like never no one ever said don't do that no right. one ever said like you know don't behave like a like an arsehole particularly <laughs> online you know, digital yeah. record digital record of your right. of your rampant misogyny and general dickishness well, i guess they just don't care because they can you know oh the other thing about this guy is he's claiming that he is autistic and he can't read social um, you know, like the, the social messages and stuff like that. And whoever, you know, the, the, he, there's a whole article about him. And I looked it up. He is, he, he didn't say that he was autistic and that's why he sent dick pics in the article because this was written before um, those came out. But he did say that he doesn't know how to read signals, normal human signals. Yet, interestingly, I'll say he knew not to send them to me, and I'm sure he knew not to send them to Kristen Johnston when she was fundraising for him because, you know, the dynamics were different. He sent them to girls half his age who were wanting to work for a candidate, and he had power over them. And, that, and, and now he's trying to say that, oh, his autism, if he is autistic, which I don't know, um, is the reason why. Oh, my God. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that as a, as a I haven't, that's a new, as a novel excuse. <laughs> that is a new one. <laughs> it's just fucking infuriating. And, and it feel it makes me feel, and like, I know because I had messaged Kristen about this and she's like, I feel so duped. And it's like, well, we all do. We all feel that way because, yeah. and, and the funny thing is, is like, there was this red flag in my head about him, but I didn't know where to assign it. You know, I, there were certain little things that I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like how he was bragging about his popularity online. And um, 
you know, I, I didn't I didn't like the Rob Mob thing because I just thought that sounds a little. But wait, if he if he was hold on, how would he know that he's popular online if he's autistic and he can't read? Right, exactly. So there you go. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, it's just he, a, he a was slight floor in his. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was reveling in it, and he was he was loving it, and it's like. I, I imagine this was probably one of his first tastes of being really popular. And I don't know. And he was just excited about it. And, and I tried to, again, like I tried to make excuses for it. I tried to be like, oh, well, okay, I don't love that aspect of him, but, you know, whatever. And he, he came, I mean, I guess you could call him a progressive. And because he was, I mean, he was a progressive. And he and I agreed on a lot of things. And it was just so crazy to me because when we we did the show when we recorded the show that was supposed to air um for when i was at my mom's we were talking about the patriarchy specifically from a gen x point of view you know because i thought as a gen xer growing up in america i was under the impression that we were becoming a more tolerant country whether it was you know sexism or racism or bigotry i i mean i knew they all existed but i just you know i saw a woman running for vice president I saw, you know, the, and, and the craziest part about this was I told him, you know, I'm like, I watched Cosby and everybody loved the Cosby show. And the weird thing about the Cosby show, is like here he, he's, he's Bill Cosby is basically like with Felicia Rashad, the woman who played his wife, the respect that she got on that show was immense. And, but behind the scenes, he's drugging and raping women. And on the show, his mm. job is a gynecologist who works in the basement at home, which is like really freaky. And I remember Rob, yeah. you know, Rob acted like, whoa, my mind is blown when I, you know, I didn't even think of that. And it's like all the while he's sending these really inappropriate messages to women. And I and I just, you know, I mean, this guy who was in um, Northern California, like I said, he this bro guy, I mean, he's very sexist. And so it's like it's, mm. it just pisses me off when I hear people, you know, when I when the progressive because I'm progressive, I consider myself very progressive. I did like Bernie on that first run and I still like what he says and I like where he is right now. I like him as a senator. I like him pushing the Democratic Party. I know not everybody does, but I like him doing that. I'm glad that Biden is president. I'm glad where Bernie is where he is. But it's like um, there's there's a difference between what I think is like a progressive person and then, and then those people that are like the far left, because they really do come up close to the right, you know. Right, exactly. You know, and I think that particularly attitudes towards women reveals much about your actual politics. Yeah. You know, uh, you know and, and and you're sort of this is what kind of always turned me off about the Bernie Sanders left was that behind it, the bro, you know the progressives, there was this sort of. It's much more. It's much more. Uh, you know, it's harder to harder to sort of grasp it, right? You know, yeah. it's not quite as overt as the rampant misogyny you see on the right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it's there, right? And yeah. it's, it's toxic. It's, it's unpleasant, um, and you have to sort of you have to be. You know, you have to kind of know what you're looking at to to detect it. But once you detect it, you're like, okay, yeah, this mm -hmm. is some kind of mentally uh, mentally unbalanced men. Uh, who are into this kind of thing, you know, and, and it becomes yeah. a cult, you know, it, it, and there is, there's like a cult around Bernie and by the bro, but the progressives, there's it, a cult kind of cult-like behavior um, and they're sort of attacking, relentlessly attacking women. AOC, um, specifically you know. AOC, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it's just pretty off-putting and, and like, for me personally, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this. Kimberly. like I, I love Bernie politics. Mm -hmm. I like Bernie as a person. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, like, I like the guy. I, like, I think he's a good. He's kind of good for the political system in a yeah. lot of ways. You know, he's yeah. like a genuine sort of progressive left. You know, um, a social, he's a social democrat. You know, right. which is kind of where I am on on most issues. But it's you know, the people around him, the people who he hires, are not. Yeah, there's something quite off-putting about about all of that stuff. Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. surprise me. Whenever you hear about some progressive, like, you know, sending dick pics to someone, <laughs> it's not exactly surprising. No. And I mean, it's. I wish I could remember how it's phrased, because there is a way to phrase it and uh, that's common and everyone knows it. But it's the idea of, you know, I loved Jesus, but his followers are kind of annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the same thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the same idea, because it's Bernie can't... 
it's I'm not going to blame per se Bernie for the behavior of others. Um, you know, right. they, 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 they took it and ran and unfortunately, you know, and there were times when I was, when I had switched over to Hillary just because she was the nominee in 2016. And even after that, even when Trump was president, I stayed and remained friends with people on Facebook, specifically the men, um, who were Bernie supporters. And I got behind Hillary even again after Trump was president. And, and, you know, I might say something that just... They didn't like it, and every single time, it was the same. They would, we would, I, they would say something to me, and I thought, okay, here we go. I'm not going to block this person because they have not yet said something that's that's too far or or you know too dickish. And I knew it was coming, and eventually it came, and I had to block them. And then they would find my email, and they would scold me. They would either tell me they were so disappointed in me. Or they would, you know, say nasty things. I mean, they weren't like MAGA. They didn't send threatening, you know, I'm going to rape you yeah. messages. But, but they were, most of the time they were scolds. And, as, as, and, and they always were, I'm so disappointed in you. And it's like, well, I don't fucking care. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it just, it's unbelievable. And it's really kind of sad that that happens because, you know, we, we need everybody on board, especially now, especially in these crazy times it would be so great if if the bernie crowd wasn't so hell-bent on you know i mean i don't know if you saw the other day rose mcgowan was on fox and she was basically saying democrats are in a cult have you seen that no what's her argument uh, you know, I don't even know what her argument is. I think she did literally grow up in a cult. And I think that she uh. Uh, has had some very unfortunate experiences in her life. So I don't want to necessarily talk, uh, uh, you know, where she is mentally. But I, I, I'm almost positive she grew up in a cult. And so she thinks that people, I mean, she's very much of this progressive crowd, even though she's a woman. But she hates the Democrats. And, you know, I mean, I know, are you, familiar, are you familiar with Ryan Knight? Ryan Knight, the name rings a bell, but um, no. Well, he was, he was a very hardcore stan for Elizabeth Warren. I mean, hardcore. Okay. And then I think it was the second primary. And, 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 and I think we came to find out later that he was paid, I think, by the Democratic Party or something like that to promote because he was an influencer with lots of followers so i think he did work for a democratic group not the party but like a democratic group and he was paid to tweet certain things and then okay so he was for elizabeth warren until the second primary i think bernie won those first two primaries and after that he was like okay that's what i'm supporting bernie and it was like immediate i mean he had been standing for elizabeth warren for like a year only talking about her, only tweeting about her. And after that second primary, that was it. I'm done with Elizabeth Warren. It's all about Bernie now. And then slowly, he's been, he's been just attacking the Democratic Party. He says the Democratic Party left me, which is what Re Reagan said. And he's now got a hammer and sickle next to his name. <laughs> and he's oh, constantly bashing AOC. And he's constantly using the words duopoly and, oh, God, uh, oh, there's, there's several words that he likes to use. Be, you know, I don't know if he's fed these words, which a lot of people think that's the case. Um, but it's like pl platitudes. So duopoly, it's like, oh, my God, if I had a fucking dollar for every time he said duopoly and platitudes. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's like if we unfortunately there are so many of them and. If they, if we could all find some common ground, even if we don't agree on every little detail, it would really help. You know, it would help save democracy, really. So, where do you see us going? Like, what direction do you see us going as a country? So, I'm a lot more confident than I was uh, on November third. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say <laughs> that. that was a scary uh, day. <laughs> you, you know, so so I mean, look, I think. Like Biden is doing more than I ever thought he would be he would mm -hmm. he would do from a, from his own political kind of philosophy, right? Yeah. I didn't see him being this progressive. Number one, number two, I didn't know that he'd have the courage to just kind of 
go through with all of it and ignore the Rep- or ignore Republicans. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm I'm actually you know I'm very happy with Bi- with you know with what the Biden administration is doing. They're yeah. ignoring Republicans and they're just getting shit done. Right, which is exactly what you want them, which we've always wanted Democrats mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. right, which is just, just get stuff done. Just get in there, get get elected and do stuff, right? And don't listen to the Republicans. Like, yeah. ignore them. They're, you see, they're, they're irrelevant and and should not no longer be part of any political conversation yeah. between sensible, sensible people, right? You don't negotiate with, you don't negotiate with terrorists. Like that's, exactly. That's my exactly. Uh, there are a few. There are a handful of Senate Republicans, I think, who can be who can be talked to. Um, I think maybe their input is should be you know they should be listened to somewhat, but the vast majority of them should be completely ignored. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what Biden is doing. Yeah. So I'm pretty hopeful on that front. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously we have a very 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 slim m- majority in the Senate, right? Which is right. dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping. You know, we need to, to keep hold of the House and the Senate mm-hmm. uh, in the 2022 election. So this has to be, the entire focus has to be on this, has to be on expanding the majority yeah. in the Senate uh, and, and at least holding on to the House. You know, the, I'm worried, I am concerned about the House. Yeah, me too. Um, so that's, that's certainly a worry. And, it's you know, you know, I'm definitely hopeful, but it's kind of like, you know, we've been held hostage by mm-hmm. a lunatic for the past four years. Yeah. Um, and it kind of makes you understand how fragile mm-hmm. um, our, our sort of, you know, progress is in this country and sense and sane government and democracy itself. Uh, and just things that we we always, you know, we all grew up thinking were kind of self-evident. It's like, yeah, the adults are in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, there there might be there might be some corruption, but they're not insane. Right. Know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, when I was back in the back in the UK, there's lots to complain about with the Tory government, but. They're not insane. Yeah, you know they believe in cli- they believe in climate change, right? right? You know, um, Boris Johnson is not going up holding press conferences and telling people to ingest bleach to get rid of <laughs> right. cor- cor- coronavirus, right? You know, he's surrounded by he was surrounded by medical professionals. Uh, whenever he gave a speech, he he always took scientific advice. Um, you know, the government did. You know, they moved heaven and earth to try and make sure that people didn't starve during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Whereas in America, you know, we got a total of two grand in a year from the right, government yeah. in terms of the government assistance. You know, it was so. You know, like and all all that collapsed right when Donald Trump got elected. The entire sort of, at least my perception of what reality was mm-hmm. in, a, in many ways, kind of like collapsed. Yeah. So you're just thinking, okay, wow, like the world is not the way I thought it was. The world is a lot more, and this country is not what I thought it mm-hmm. was. You, you know, the, the racism is still there. The xenophobia is still there. The fascist, you know, the fascistic instinct, yeah. right? Which is, you know, we witnessed this was a fascist movement, and it is still a fascist movement. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, it's like, it was like a first-hand lesson. It was like a live lesson in history about what it must have been like, you know, in Nazi Germany, right? Mm-hmm, right. During the lead up to like 1933, yeah. when, when Hitler just took over. It's like, what you can see how that can happen, right? Mm-hmm. It was really like, it was very shocking, yeah. me, like how real that those instincts in, in our society are, right? Yeah. How, how close we were to, and like, you know, the good people had to fight like hell to get Biden elected. Yeah. Had to fight like hell, you know, um, even though it should have been an easy victory, right? right? Because of the Republican grip on power and the and disproportionate power in the Senate, um, disproportionate power in the um, Electoral College. Um, you know, it was, it was an unbelievable fight to hold on to democracy. So I'm very grateful for the fact that we're here. Yeah. Um, but, all you know, it's kind of like hopeful, but, but mm-hmm. you know, there's an enemy. There's, there is an, there's an enemy. Yeah. There is an enemy and it's hungry and it still wants to attack and it's not going to go down without a fight, you know? And I think yeah. that, like, that's what the last, at least the last few years should have taught everybody. It's like, no, the, the Republican Party is not a political party. It's very right. important yeah. that people understand that it's not a political party. It is it is a, a radical... Um, a treasonous uh, terrorist party, yeah. right? That is probably, and I agree with Noam Chomsky here. I don't agree with Noam Chomsky on, on, a, on a huge amount these days, but you know, he said it's the most dangerous political organization in human history. 
And I wow. fully concur yeah. with that. It's, a, it's an incredibly dangerous organization and they're not interested in negotiating. They're not interested in um, governing. Then they're, they're interested in burning it all down. Yeah. Yeah. They're interested and we have in... to be aware of that. We have to yeah. know that we have to, we have to come to grips with this. Do you think that everything that we've seen, you know, starting with, I mean, it started before this, but the death of George Floyd and then the verdict, I guess Eric Chauvin or Derek Chauvin is, as I we're talking today on the 29th of April, was on suicide watch. Um, but with that, ver- I mean, we don't know what's going to happen as far as what the judge is going to sentence because we have to wait for however long. I can't remember how long that is. But um, do you think that, that, that the BLM movement, Black Lives Matter, this verdict... And then maybe add to that some of these, like, for instance, Roger Stone's apartment was raided the other night by the FBI. And we know that there are all these pending lawsuits. You know, we've got to mix this with what we got from the census and how um, Texas is going to get two extra representatives. California's losing one. uh, New York lost one. A A bunch of others lost representative so i don't know you know i mean people are saying the census needs to be done over and i don't know if we're going to be able to get that done but i mean we've got these different things going on so we've got you know black americans and people of color who are like really hyper aware of the white supremacy in the republican party you know we've got like i said i mean all these lawsuits that i don't know what's going to happen but truth is going to come out and you know, mm. I don't know if people are going to be punished for it, and I don't know how far it's going to go. But I think within the next two and four years, well, I should say year and a half to four years, there's going to be either a momentum, new information. Do you think that that's going to benefit the Democrats, even though we very may well lose seats in important states like California and New York? So, you know, I... It seems to me, right, that America is getting much, much better and much, much worse at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Um, it is. Right. It's a very strange kind of phenomenon, right? Where things, it's kind of like if you look at sort of the environmental situation as well, like, you know, with, with so, you know, there's radical change happening with our awareness of the environment and, you know, uh, green tech and, uh, solar panels and um, clean energy and electric cars and all this kind of stuff, right? And government taking it seriously. But at yeah. the same time, we're pumping more and more carbon into the atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, unleashing deadly viruses from all over the world into the human population because we keep encroaching on, on delicate ecosystems and, um, you know, uh, bringing bats. And, you know, we shouldn't be... We sh- you know, all the, the wet markets are a classic sign of, like, of, of, of basically how we're interfering with um, natural ecosystems that we shouldn't be interfering with, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. what happened with COVID was a very perfect, it's a textbook example of what happens when you destroy your own habitat, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is like a virus gets released because you yeah. screwed with something that you shouldn't have done, right? Mm-hmm. So at the same time, as we're hurtling towards the abyss, <laughs> things are also getting in, infinitely better, yeah. right? And so, like at the same time, and it feels like America has been exactly the same thing. Right, wow. that yeah. you know, awareness of racism is getting. I've never seen anything like it. Like the yeah. the 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 kind of the reaction to George Floyd was just it was amazing. I've never mm-hmm. seen anything like that yeah. in my life. You know, like the I finally dawned on on even the most conservative people. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, wow, like this is what we've been doing to yeah. black people, right, for centuries, yeah. and and. You know, I was. I always remember that George W. Bush letter he he wrote. He wrote a letter with from him, he and Dora Bush, about how they felt that it's their time to listen and they need to, wow. you know, they acknowledge systemic racism yeah. in America. You know, look, I mean, you know, Christ, it took you, God knows how long to come up to come up with this conclusion, right. but <laughs> at least you know, better late than better yeah. late than never. Yeah. Um. So so you know. I think that it, things are—it's almost like a race between between mm-hmm. in, insanity wow. and progress. Yeah, and, and and I, I think that look, you know, it's getting better. Um, there's going to be bumps along the way, and I think that you know the Republican Party is—if you look at the overall trend, they're they're 
fucking insane. Yeah. And I think that that people have had enough of it. Corporate America is having. We've been mm-hmm. writing about this on the on the on the newsletter this on the Panther newsletter this yeah. week about how Justin Rosario did a good piece about how the Republicans are too crazy for corporations now. Yeah. But like even corporate America is like, okay, you guys are fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. So. So, so I think that in the long, over time, this, you know, it's a dying party. It's mm-hmm. a dying party holding on to, you know, I, batshit crazy ideas that should have died out 100 years ago. Um, but it's still got, they still have power, right? They still have yeah. power. They still have the willpower. Uh, they still have money. Um you know, so it, it's like the kind of, it's like a zombie, right? That won't, just won't die. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, look, I think that, yes, I think that it will, the, this trend that the country's going on is going to benefit the Democrats in the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think they're going to be, there's certainly going to be bumps along the way. Yeah, I think that's really a good outlook. And I mean, I totally agree. I, I totally agree with what you're saying about it's like two things happening at the same time. And, and I was saying, you know, I've been saying that when, Trump was president, it was just bad news all the time, and now it's a combination. It's like good news, bad news, good news, bad news, and I don't know what exhausts me more. You know, it's like one minute I'm like, woohoo, this is happening, and the next minute I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) And so it's like this up and down thing. And I mean, yeah, I I, I totally agree with you 100% on everything. I, I feel the same way about, oh my God, who knew with Biden? Although it was funny because Jen Kirkman did a thread saying she didn't understand why people were surprised about the job that he's doing, considering his history, where we are in this moment. And I guess, I guess if I thought about it really, really, really hard, I might have thought, I just never would have guessed he would be this progressive. And, and, and his tone is absolutely perfect right now. It's just the perfect tone. He's calm. I don't know if you saw the um, Dana Carvey impression of him. Did you happen to catch that? No, I haven't. I need to see that. I will. Well, you I'll should look that. it up. It's it's so funny because he what he does is, you know, how each comedian or somebody who's going to do impression takes like one thing and goes with that one thing. And that one thing that Dana does is basically like, guys, it's going to be okay. And he's like coming from his <laughs> like, you know, and he's really good at it. And, you know, Biden's uh, address to the country last night had so much of that. And there was such of a tone of even keeled fairness and it is so important that we have that right now so yeah i mean but i feel exactly the way you do it's like we're we're barreling toward the abyss on one hand and on the other hand it's like we've got all these progressive policies happening and and you know the democrats seem to be doing a decent job right now so hopefully we'll we'll just keep seeing that positive and then you know more and more comes out it's going to be interesting to see what happens with giuliani with roger stone with matt gates you know, as we move forward and then with Donald Trump and Don Jr. and all of them. So I don't know. I, I do feel somewhat hopeful, but I always feel cautious, too. You know, it's like I don't want to assume because I think we get I think especially Democrat, Democratic voters get a little too comfortable when things feel OK. And they think, oh, I don't yeah. need, you know, I don't need to vote. So it's like we always there needs to be a little discomfort there to keep us motivated. I think we can still have some hope. And we need that hope, considering, like you said, you know, after these four years, it was just torture. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I do feel hopeful. And, and, I'm, and I'm just so glad to hear that you guys are having another baby. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl or are going to find out? We do know. It's, it's we're having another boy. Oh, wow. Wow. How, how far along is she? Uh, she is 12 weeks now. So wow. three months. Yeah. Three months along. Wow, well, that's so, so cool. Exciting, exciting. Yeah, we, we, we wanted a girl, but, you know, we're happy with, yeah. you know, I think we're just we're happy with what we've got. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, it took us a few, we, we got over it. We were, <laughs> in the beginning, we were a little bit, we were, we were like, oh, no, another problem. Oh, we're going to deal with this. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's good. You know, it's great. Like, I had a brother growing up, and that was fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy that he's going to have uh, have someone to, to, to play with and, right. you know, um, it would have been good either way, you know. Yeah, you got to you got to count your count your blessings, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show last minute too, because I did hit you up last minute. So thank you for for coming on the show. Of course, um, anytime, Kimberly. Anytime. Yeah, real pleasure. Yes, and okay. So before I let you go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? 
So, um, yeah, we, we have a newsletter um, that, that goes out four or five days a week. At, at, that's the banter.substat.com. It's the banter newsletter. So we formerly the daily banter, mm-hmm. um, and then we moved to a newsletter format. So you can find us at thebanter.substat.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the daily banter. Um, yeah, on the newsletter, you can read my stuff, you can read Bob's, Bob's stuff, and you can read um, Justin Rosario's stuff. So we publish, yeah, again, three or four days a week. I'm going to do a podcast as well. Oh. You can subscribe to that on the newsletter or on Spotify. Um, it's the Banter Podcast. Uh, but yeah, the primarily the newsletter, and you'll get all the information from there. And um, yeah, so yeah, follow us there. Um, and uh, again, um, thank you so much for having me on, Kimberly. It was good, good, really good fun. Oh, it's always fun talking to you. And I'm going to be putting those links into the Patreon description of the show. So if you're listening on any other uh, platform, you can always go to patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all of those links. Plus, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E. You can find my books on Amazon. And thank you, Ben, so much. Stay safe and congratulations. Thank you very much. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.